because we started a couple of months ago, actually. I've been doing one a month, a, um, a discipleship course. And if you were here, the first one was on called Beginning, and we were talking about what it means to be born again. Every Christian is born again. If you're not born again, you're not a Christian, according to the Bible. And then last time I preached, we looked at baptizing, believer's baptism. Believer's baptism is uh, so clear in the Bible, it's the call on every believer of Jesus Christ. And I'll just really repeat what I said before. If you haven't been baptized, then I would encourage you to see one of the leaders and we'll arrange a baptismal service with great joy. If I could find a scripture that enabled me to be baptized again, I would, but unfortunately it's a one-off. And today, we're looking at receiving. The normal Christian birth is being born again, baptized in water, and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Born again has to come first, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, they can come in either order. God loves doing the same thing differently. So I want to just read from Acts 19. There's a few verses from Acts 19 to, to start with. It's Paul in, in Ephesus. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of acceptance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So, just by word of explanation here, Paul is on, on mission. He's on mission, and he comes to Ephesus, and he meets some disciples. Now, disciples are Christians. So he met some Christians, and he met these Christians, but he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Because obviously, he didn't see any evidence of the Holy Spirit when he met these Christians. And they didn't know what he was talking about. So we had not even heard of the Holy Spirit. Well... That would be true of many Christians that have come to faith. And I'm talking about people who have come to faith, that they've, they've been saved and they don't really have a clue who the Holy Spirit is or what he does. And, but we do know very clearly from the Bible that if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You cannot have a bit of the Holy Spirit. He's either in you or he isn't in you. It says in Romans, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Um, 
So just let me just emphasize this. Every Christian is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But not every Christian has received the fullness of the Holy Spirit or has been baptized with the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, perhaps someone is thinking, well, you're talking about a second blessing. I'm not talking about a second blessing. As I said earlier, God loves doing the same thing differently. Some people have a full experience of the Holy Spirit at conversion. Some people come and they have another, another experience following conversion. I was, uh, got, I was born again and had a real encounter with the Lord. But a few weeks later, it might have been a few months later, I had an experience which just did something new to me. I hadn't heard anyone preaching on the Holy Spirit. I was actually in bed one night and I was praying and suddenly I felt this incredible joy come upon me and I felt like getting out of bed and running down the road and just telling everyone. Now it was months later when I was in a meeting and someone was preaching about baptism in the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I realized that that's what happened to me, although I didn't have a clue. But it's not a question of a second blessing. It's a question of, at conversion, everything is available. Some people receive much more at conversion. Everyone receives salvation, but some people receive much more at conversion. And then there's the onward journey, which will, which will result if we're following the Lord in a second blessing, a third blessing, a fourth blessing, and continued blessing. So that's what happened to Paul when he got to Ephesus. Now, just to really continue the explanation, we look at what happened to the disciples, the 12 disciples. Um, in fact, it was 11 at this stage. In John 20, 21, Jesus is with them. He's been resurrected. And he's with all, all of them. And he says to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, what happened when he did that? Well, I think that when he did that, that they received the Holy Spirit. But he also went on to say, Wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. You're not ready to serve. You need some power. And on the day of Pentecost, it happened. They did wait. And it happened. I'll just read it again. It's a very familiar scripture. But the age of the Spirit, as I've said before, started on the day of Pentecost. But we're still in it. On the day of Pentecost, it said, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, 
a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them. I love that little word, all. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The first time they got peace. The second time they got power. When Jesus breathed upon them, they got peace. On the day of Pentecost, they got power. And our perfect example, of course, always is Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. And you will know that he was born because of the, the Holy Spirit, that Mary had the Holy Spirit came upon her and she conceived, and Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit at the very beginning. There was never a time when the Holy Spirit wasn't living within Jesus, but he didn't have any power. For 30 years, he lived a sinless life, but he didn't live a life. Those 30 years, there's an absence of miracles. There's no miracles recorded at all. And then at his baptism, when he's 30 years old, we're told that the Holy Spirit came down and descended upon him like a dove, and then it started. First of all, warfare with the enemy, and then the ministry that would change the world when he began to heal people and deliver people, and people were raised from the dead because the Lord had been empowered from on high. Unbelievers, non-Christians, however you want to describe them, do not have the Holy Spirit. But every believer has the Holy Spirit, but not every believer has the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit does not have every believer. I've had some very interesting experiences over the years preaching what I consider to be the full gospel and how very sincere, committed Christians will sometimes just not be open to surrendering to the power of the Spirit. We had a German girl in our church and she was been brought up as a Christian. She was a Christian. She loved the Lord. But she was what you might understand as typically German. She was very controlled, very measured behavior. And we were giving teaching, this teaching, similar teaching. On, and she, she just said to me, she said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not prepared to be open. I don't want to lose control. And on one service, the Holy Spirit moved powerfully. And one of the reasons why she didn't want the Holy Spirit to come upon her was she'd seen people come forward for ministry and fall over. And she was just really frightened that she was going to come forward and fall over and look silly. And 
the Holy Spirit came upon her in her chair and just filled her with joy and set her free. God's so gentle and he knows us so well. But when, as, as an English people, British people, whatever people we are, we really want to be in control. And it's always an illusion. What better position to be? What better attitude to have than to say, Lord, here I am. Do what you want in me and through me. It's the safest place to be. It's the safest place to be. So that's the explanation. Now the evidence. And I want to just go through a few scriptures. What happens when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit? The, the Bible is quite untidy in some ways on descriptions because it uses different phrases to describe the same thing. It talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, over, um, wet, um, clothed with power from on high. Various descriptions all meaning the same thing. But in, in Acts, the evidence was that they began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them to. In Acts 4, they have a prayer meeting. They're under pressure already as the New Testament church. Acts 4.31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. That isn't just the preachers that spoke the word of God boldly. It was all of them. And every Christian can speak the word of God boldly or perhaps confidently, if you want another word. We don't need to be embarrassed. We don't need to be on the defensive. Some people will be receptive and some people will be dismissive. That is nothing to do with us. We're called to speak the word, to share the word, and for people to see that we're just ordinary people. But something's happened to us that has impacted our lives. And we're different. In Acts 8, it says, Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Simon the sorcerer was there. And he says he saw that the spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands. And he offered them money and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. This sorcerer, this man Simon, he was watching. And he saw that when the apostles laid hands upon people, something happened. Acts 19, it says, Paul spoke, placed his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And just one last scripture, very relevant to every single person here. Now about spiritual gifts. I do not want you to be ignorant. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. And it's 
We don't conform to some sort of formula. God manifests his spirit in all of us in different ways. And we should be saying, Lord, I want you to release spiritual gifts in me and through me. So, just to, to summarize, when the Holy Spirit comes upon someone, it is a tangible experience. Sometimes, it, some churches have taught over the years that it's, it's not tangible, it happens at conversion, and it just, it just it's happened, and that's it. The Bible seems to make it very clear it's tangible. It can be audible, or it can be visible. It's a unique experience for every person. So we don't say, well, you've got to do this. You've got to speak in tongues, or you've got to <coughs> prophesy, or you've got to do anything. No, the Lord decides what he does. It can be joy. It can be peace. It can be freedom. It can be a sense of belonging. But it's a powerful experience, though. So that's what I believe the Bible teaches, what I believe is available to us as the as followers of Jesus Christ. And I want to end with some encouragement with some scripture. John seven thirty seven, many of you will know it almost by heart, I suspect. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Well, he has been glorified, the Spirit has been given, and streams of living water are available, not drops, not cups, streams, streams. And Paul, in his teaching in the New Testament to the church, says in Ephesians 5, 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's present continuous tense. Never mind what happened originally, never mind what happened in the past, be filled again and again and again. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you a confirmation that I believe someone who's been filled with the Spirit. What do you talk about? What do you share? I meet people that 
have a favourite football team and they're ready to talk about their favourite football team or sport or hobby we've got something to talk about we don't need to be theologians we're children of God and he lives in us and instead of being concerned about our inability we should be confident in his ability and God's power is made perfect in weakness it's not thwarted by weakness it's made perfect in weakness some of the most impressive people that I've met the most effective Christians that I've met have been people that naturally are shy and without confidence and until they got set free were had an inferiority complex and suddenly something happens and instead of thinking about who they are they're thinking about who he is and if he loves someone and if you live for someone you'll want to talk about them and you may be surprised you may think that people don't aren't interested Ask the Lord to give you some opportunities and you'll get some surprises. Paul's, those words from Ephesians 5, I want to read the message translation. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge draughts of him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master, Jesus Christ. Do you know, I just have so been blessed with the worship here today. I just had a joy welling up in me. The words we've been singing, I mean, they're God-centered words. They're gospel words. And we're so blessed with the musicians and the singers that we've got here to lead us in worship. There's nothing better than worshiping the Lord, in my experience. What can, what, what can there be that's better than being free in worship and singing to the Lord who's set us free and died for us. God's frozen chosen aren't in the Bible. They all seem to be quite responsive. And God delights in our response. I've said enough. I'll finish with some questions. Have you received the Holy Spirit? In other, and I'll put, up, put that in another, another way. Are you a Christian? Have you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? It's great that you're in church, but you need to be born again. You need to be born again. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you know that you've been empowered 
Do you know that you've been set free? Do you know that the Lord is at the centre of your life and this is not just a, a serious commitment that you've made? I've known people in church that are so sincere, so committed, and actually have put others to shame, but have done it without that experience of the Holy Spirit. There should be joy in our hearts and confidence in our hearts. The first time I came into this church, the reason I agreed to be a moderator because I just had a sense that God was ready to do something here even though it had come through a very difficult time. How will he do something here? I haven't got a clue, but it will be through you. Through you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you say, here I am, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, I'm empty, and I want my life to come under your lordship. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And the last question, does it show? Does it show? When Paul saw Christians and it didn't show, he said, what, what's going on? What's going on? He was expecting to see some evidence, expecting to see some manifestation. And knowing that without that, that they were going to we're going to miss out. Too many Christians have missed out over the years and they've, they've had an experience which is going to get them to glory. But they haven't enjoyed life in all its fullness which Jesus made available to all believers. Let's pray. all keep your eyes closed please I just want to say that if, if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ can you put your hand up I know, I know there's someone here just raise your hand we thank you that your word is so clear we thank you Lord that you've made it possible for us to be born again and to be baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit and to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit and we pray Lord that we would be people that come to you again and again and again to be filled and that we would live our lives worshipping you, loving you, serving you, following you, delighting in you and to you be the glory for we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.